Hello, and welcome to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. I'm Harmony Harkema, and my co-hosts are Annie Carlson and Heather Gerwing. We are three ordinary homeschooling moms with nine kids ranging in age from early elementary to high school, and our homeschools are anything but Pinterest perfect. Whether you are a veteran homeschooler, a new homeschooler, or just homeschool curious, we want to encourage you in your homeschooling journey and offer you practical tips and tools to make your homeschooling life easier and more fun. We're so glad you're here. Greetings and welcome everyone to another episode of the Relatable Homeschoolers. This time, Harmony, Heather, and I are talking books. What have been the foundational books to our homeschooling experience? What have inspired us? What have taught us? What have encouraged us? And so tonight it is all about books. We are going to share our favorite books. Don't worry, you don't have to write them down. They will be in the show notes, I promise. So just sit back and listen to us talk about one of our favorite topics, books. So who wants to share their three favorite homeschooling books? Harmony can go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It was a hard pick. I have a lot of homeschooling books and I like all of them. So trying to pick out just three was difficult, but I tried to look for those that I returned to again and again to reread Um, a couple of those Heather's actually going to talk about. Because, of course, we talked first and we did have overlap in titles. But I also picked a recent, a more recent favorite. So the first one I want to mention, I homeschool probably mostly in the vein of Charlotte Mason, who we've mentioned before. She was a British educator and kind of a homeschooling pioneer in England in the Victorian era. And when I was engaged to my husband, so long before kids came into the picture, when we were premarital counseling, My friend and colleague who did our wedding, his wife was a homeschooler and I was so impressed with her children. They clearly had a real grasp on truth, goodness, and beauty and talked about beautiful books and literature that I was surprised that they had read. And so Ruth gave me a copy of this little book because I expressed interest in what she was doing. And it was called A Charlotte Mason Education, a Homeschooling How-To Manual by Katherine Levison. And it's a little slim book with short chapters that just kind of walks you through the very basics of Charlotte Mason's principles and kind of through um, a lens of looking at each of the subject areas and it gave me just sort of a vision for homeschooling. I've mentioned this before, I think, in in like learning about homeschooling. So I come back to this book probably once a year just to refresh myself on my vision, what was originally kind of laid before me, what uh, made me take steps in the direction of becoming a homeschooler. And it just reinvigorates me and remotivates me, recenters me, you know, when you need that sort of recentering on why am I here? <laughs> why am I doing this? So that one is a favorite. My second one is Cindy Rollins' Mere Motherhood. It's just a humorous, lighthearted look at a Charlotte Mason homeschooling life of a family. And Cindy sort of stumbled her way into homeschooling and learned with her kids as she went. And so, like I said, there's a lot of humor in there and a lot of grace. It's just a lot of fun. And she has a great enthusiasm for Shakespeare and poetry and biblical teaching and just is very down to earth. So that one is always an encouragement to me, especially when I'm going through a messy time where it feels like everything is chaotic. It reminds me that we don't have to be picture perfect. So that's another favorite. And my third title is a more recent book. It's Adventuring Together by Greta Eskridge. It came out in 2020. It was probably my favorite read of 
last year. I read the story in 2021. I have a ton of book darts in it. The premise of it is, and this is a book that maybe isn't just for homeschoolers, it's for parents in general. But of course, if you homeschool, you have a little bit more space and freedom to engage in seeking adventure. So there are a lot of ideas in here for spending time with your kids, not just out of doors, but in other kinds of adventures as well, like venturing to museums and trying new things together in order to build relationships. Relationships. And one of the things I've always tried to do is that even though I work full time, I try to utilize vacation days and personal time and half days and company holidays and take that time and invest it in adventuring with my kids. So this really reinforced something that I was kind of already doing, but it also expanded my thoughts on how to adventure with my kids. I've quoted Pam Barnhill before saying feet work before seat work. And I really believe in that. We talked about, you know, hands-on kind of schooling outside of the home before in a previous episode. And it, this just really, really scaffolded that belief for me that we need to to get out into the world too. So, and that when you do that, it counts as education. So kind of a bucket list I built off of it too. So, and my family's very excited to be back in Michigan too. So when, after I had read this and then figured out that we were moving back home, Michigan is just has a wealth of natural resources, state parks, um, well, of course, water, the Great Lakes, and there are lots of lakes inland. And so I'm looking forward to to building relationships with my kids through adventures in our home state, which is our home again. So would you say adventuring together, Harmony, is more for if you have younger kids or what if you have like teenagers, soon to be teenagers? Still still appropriate? Yeah, it runs the gamut. She kind of talks about all ages and she talks about things like going hiking with the baby in your ergo carrier and then having kids of multi-ages. But there's, it's definitely appropriate for like all age groups. Yeah. I'm going to check that one out. I think you would like it. I think it would suit you. Heather, what are your books? My first one is Teaching from Rest, A Homeschooler's Guide to Unshakable Peace by Sarah McKenzie. So this was probably one of the first homeschooling books that I read um, after I decided to homeschool. And it's probably one of the ones that I go back to the most. I feel like every February, it's a good time to read this book. (laughs) book when you are really like just weary and feeling like overwhelmed or, you know, I feel like February is just that time of the year for me in the school year where I really need like a refreshment and a pickup and a reminder to rest. And so I really just, you know, this is a faith-based homeschooling book. And she talks about, you know, prayer, you know, before, you know, you begin your day and it's the key to what happens through your day. And so I really just like that aspect of the book as well. And she just talks in about like simplifying and the basics, lightening our load. It's a really easy read. Like it's a a short read. It's not like overwhelming or time consuming. It's about keeping it simple, reading to your children, doing writing, math, and then just, so she talks about loop scheduling a little bit in here as well too. I feel like this is just one of those books that is really good encouragement. It's probably the one that I recommend the most to my friends if they feel like just kind of overwhelmed in the homeschooling journey, like you need to read Teaching from Rest. (laughs) That is such a good book. 
that yeah. was that was also in my stack. So there's really two votes for that one too. Mm-hmm. Three, two. Three I votes, love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my second book is Better Together by Pam Barnhill. And the little tagline at the bottom says, strengthen your family, simplify your homeschool, and savor the subjects that matter most. And one of the big components of this book is the concept of morning time. And I will say before I read this book, I was just like, oh, well, we don't have time to do morning time. And I was like, we'll try doing it in the afternoon. I was really lackadaisical about it at the time. I will say like, after I read this book, it just really put a fire in me to want to implement the morning time in the morning and make it the beginning of our day for a few years. I I will admit I'm not currently doing morning time and I regret it and I don't like it, but our schedule is just so hectic when you have teenagers that you know, work in the morning and all kind of other stuff. But we would, we started our day with morning time and it was my favorite time of the day of homeschooling with my kids. And we would do memorization and we did some type of like Bible study and we would talk about like current events and things like that. And then it was just like the time that all of us were together. So even though my four kids are fairly close in age, but there's only five and a half years between the four of them. I still at the point when I was doing this, like I had lower elementary, upper elementary and middle school and stuff. So it's not like we were schooling together all day long, all together. So our morning time was our time that um, we were all together during our day. And this is a great book that just, just prior, like gives you the reasons for prioritizing it. And just, it really, it convicted me. And I'm sure if I read it again right now, I would do everything I could to get morning time back in our daily schedule. So maybe I need to read it again. All right. My third book is The Call of the Wild and Free, Reclaiming Wonder. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in your child's education. And I, and you can say your name because I won't say it right. Ainsley Arment. Okay. Thank you. This so is good. one. Yes, it is so good. This is one that I actually started listening to on Hoopla. Like I was listening to the audio of it. And I think by like chapter four or five, I'd ordered it on Amazon. <laughs> it was just so good. So um, letting kids like learn at their own pace and, you know, giving them an abundance of opportunities of things like outside of curriculum, like nature and, you know, imagination and free time, things like that. Um, And she, I mean, she has a personal story with like their schooling story in there, which is just really, I won't give it away, but it was just really good. She goes into the different types of homeschooling, like she explains what they are as well. So if you're kind of new to the homeschooling journey, it's good in that aspect because she does break down um, the different styles of homeschooling. I know you both have read it too. So if you guys want to jump in on describing it, I feel like I'm not adequately doing a great job for this one. I just felt like she hit all the topics. And I thought this is a book mm-hmm. I would give to any homeschooler True. and recommend because I think you could pick it up at any stage. It has great information in it for newbies, mm-hmm. but also, you know, I've run into homeschoolers who had not been exposed to different methods and maybe they'd been homeschooling for three, four years and just were kind of doing school at home. And we're mm-hmm. like, Oh, I never thought outside of the box. And this is a book I would recommend, you know, to anyone to just think about your options. Think about how your kids are wired. It gets you thinking out outside of what you're doing every day as a home, even if you are a homeschooler. So it's just, 
it's an all around a good primer. It's also mm-hmm. beautifully packaged. There are these sweet little watercolor illustrations in it. Yeah. And I absolutely love those and the color pages in between chapters. So it's visually um, mm-hmm. also really visually joyful, I guess is the mm-hmm. way I would put it. And the paper, it has a thicker paper. <laughs> Annie, you sound like you work color. in publishing. Oh, but it's just no. such a wonderful it reading is. experience. Like not it only does. I'm the, feeling the paper right yes. now, Annie. You're right. Not only the wonderful information and encouragement in it, it's but it's a just beautiful a package. beautiful experience. The, yeah. the illustrations, the paper, everything just is a wonderful homeschooling package. And I'll just throw in as a, an aside. So she has a number of other books that are um, they're paperback and they're kind of supplementary books. So there's a book on book clubs for kids called book club. There's one on holidays. There's one on handicrafts. Uh, there's one on nature study and they're all beautiful packages as well for color see there's my publishing language full color interiors <laughs> and just lots of great ideas for your homeschool and those are mm-hmm. really good all right annie you're up well, as I, as I have, you know, sighed with pleasure when you guys were talking about my favorites in your stack, I picked three that are different. The first one I picked is Calm and Compassionate Children by Susan Usha Dermond. And it's just not necessarily a homeschooling book, but one that was recommended to me by a fellow homeschooling mom. Just beautiful way of raising children. Again, not necessarily homeschooling, but just a wonderful way to look at parenting, um, not as discipline and wanting specific outcomes, which I think sometimes in the homeschooling world, we get really focused on those outcomes, but that our ultimate outcome is to raise calm and compassionate children, children who take wonder in the natural world, who take wonder and care of pet or um, a wild animal or their family members, just having a calm and compassionate spirit. And so I really appreciated what she had to say. I've read it again and again, sometimes when my children have been less than calm and compassionate. (laughs) And I've referred back to the book and she has practical steps in here. She has an inventory for parents to just see where you're at as far as being calm and compassionate. Um, Because sometimes, you know, I don't know why you won't calm down. Well, that's not a way to encourage calm and compassionate children. She says, you know, a handbook is written on it, which it is. It's just full of practical advice. And then probably the one that I go to the most. And the one that I recommend uh, to homeschooling parents often, I pick it up at used bookstores when I find it so I can give it away. It's called Project-Based Homeschooling, Mentoring Self-Directed Learners by Lori Pickert. And this book, oh my goodness, really lets you turn your kids loose. Hmm. They learn through projects and being on the farm as we are, my kids are all invested in different things. Um, They all have an enterprise on the farm. They have tree forts and, you know, all of that stuff. All of those are projects. And if we look at homeschooling through the lens of projects, not this math book, but this project, we're going to build something. Um, One of the keys in here that really stuck with me and I've followed it for years is don't tell your kids no. And I thought, what in the world? Like, at some point, I am going to say no. And my kids call that pulling the mom card when I really do say no, uh, because I usually don't. And the premise behind that is that you want the kid to come up with their own no, not you seeing farther down the road than they can saying that'll never work. No, you want them to explore 
and dream and calculate and figure and attempt and experiment. And then they realize, oh, and so it's something John and I have used. Gal, I read this when the kids were tiny and just keep referring back to it. Like, don't tell them no. Even when every instinct in my body is like, no, to not say no. And mm-hmm. to say, you know, have you thought about that? And what do you think would happen if you added that to that? And getting them to think through things. So as an example, our youngest daughter had some goats and they were not staying in the fence. And she loves her goats. And I love goats. They're one of my favorite farm animals. They were not staying in the fence. Well, I also love my garden and my fruit trees. And I did not want them eaten by the goats. So we had to have a difficult conversation. And I said, well, we have two choices. Rather than saying to her, you have got to sell those goats. We said, you can either build a goat-proof fence and we will help you, or you need to sell the goats and buy something else that we know we can keep in a fence. And so she went through and she was researching different types of goat fence and how much it would cost and where she could locate it. And she did a lot of work to come up with the answer of, I have to sell my goats. It was still difficult for her, but it was much gentler than mom and dad saying, you have to sell these goats. Mm -hmm. So that's just one of the things in project-based homeschooling that just changed the way I thought about learning and letting kids follow through. Even if you know they're not going to come to a good end or they're not going to figure it out, letting them come to that conclusion rather than you, like I said, being able to see farther down the road saying, oh, don't even start, it's not going to work. Let them start, let them try, and then see where that takes them. So that's Project-Based Homeschooling by Lori Pickert. And like I said, I hand it out to just about everybody I know. And then my third one, not necessarily a homeschooling book, but one that really was important in my formation as a homeschooling parent, because uh, Harmony and I are both former school teachers. And when you go to college and get a degree in education, you know how education happens, right, Harmony? We got this degree. We, we know how children learn and we know how to assess that knowledge. Or we think we do. Well, and the educational industry tells us that we do. Mm-hmm. This is how it happens. Yeah. And so one of the books that really changed my mind, opened my mind, maybe is a better word, to what limits are within the standard educational system is Ken Robinson's Out of Our Minds. And he's an English researcher, and and it really uh, opened my eyes to the lost creativity that children experience as they progress through their educational journey in the standard educational system. And he, you know, was challenging both traditional educators and, dare I say, this homeschool mom to look at how things could be different and how children come in to a learning environment and then how they exit the learning environment and what is lost along the way. And the number one thing that is lost is their creativity. And so if we say that we want, you know, 21st century graduates for 21st century problems, they have to be creative, they have to be nimble, they have to be problem solving, that takes creativity. And so Out of Our Minds is just a wonderful inspiration for me, challenge the way I viewed education and what I considered good education. And so uh, this one stays on my shelf too. I haven't read. So I feel like Annie with her obscure homeschooling book. I did. I have not read either of yours or Harmony's books. So like I'm looking at my list. I'm like, there's six books I need to read now. 
Yeah. Well, we all homeschool differently. And Annie comes from, Annie just always has different things I haven't read or experienced. Mm -hmm. And so I have picked up things from her. So that's, you know, part of the beauty of this podcast is we learn from each other and we get ideas from each other because we're sitting here talking about homeschooling. And sometimes we have some conversation. Well, we usually have some conversation before we record, but it's all, you know, it's new to each other. So, you know, we're sharing coming from different spaces and different backgrounds and we have different homeschooling communities. So Mm -hmm. it's good. true. In the games episode, I did not know that there were Harry Potter Uno cards. So <laughs> right, I learned right. something there. Yeah. And did you order them? I did. <laughs> when we were thinking about doing this episode, one of the things that I looked at, I went to, I was out of curiosity looking at Amazon to see if there were new homeschooling books coming out that I just hadn't maybe mm. heard about yet. I follow a lot of the homeschoolers that I, that I like on, you know, social media and Mm-hmm. Listen to their podcasts and things. And I was surprised by how many books there are. I guess I shouldn't say I was surprised. I was surprised all over again because I think I've been surprised before how many kind of school at home type of books there are mm-hmm. and books I probably wouldn't bother to read. And it made me wonder, and I don't know if this is something we can, we didn't really plan this, but are there books that you would say you've picked up and have not kept on your shelf about homeschooling or would say to people, maybe don't bother mm. with that one? Because there are also a lot of self-pubbed homeschooling books, which aren't necessarily wonderful. So, mm-hmm. and if you're going to read a homeschooling book, and I think we're all saying, yes, read homeschooling books because you need motivation and we need, you know, sort of a, a shot in the arm of encouragement and hope, especially middle of the school year or in the dead of winter. So we're, we're all advocates for reading homeschooling books, but some might not be as worthy as others. So don't just read any old homeschooling book, get a recommendation right. from somebody, find homeschoolers that you like mm-hmm. what they're saying and what they're doing, and then and read what they write or what they recommend too. So, but are there any that you would say, I really wish I hadn't bothered with that. It wasn't worth my time. Um, Nothing's coming to me at the top of my head. I don't know if I really want to name names. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Don't read her book. Like, no, that's not fair. Well, when I first decided to explore homeschooling, I went to the library. Oh, that's a good place. And checked out basically every homeschooling book on the shelf. And harmony that was exactly my experience some of them i read and i was like oh this is i really like this perspective i like this philosophy i like these tips or suggestions and then others i read and i was like this doesn't feel good and i think it's like trying on clothes you could try on those home and read different things and read that book and then say you know what that just doesn't feel like a good fit for us that doesn't feel like something mm-hmm. i'm gonna pursue which is fine because sometimes you have to explore a little bit outside of your lane mm-hmm. to see if this really is the lane you want to be in and maybe that is really where i was trying to go with it too is yeah if you read a book don't feel pressured by it mm-hmm. and i certainly never read a book and think oh i have to do everything that this right. book says um, it is so easy to constantly add to our loads and to pick up new days and say, oh, I want to do this. And oh, no, I want to do this. And oh, no, I want to do this. And then before we know it, we've got more than we can handle and we mm-hmm. need to pair back. It really is about finding, you know, what works for your family. What do I always say? Use it as inspiration, not prescription. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what say. And that's good advice. That's very good advice. Yeah. Are there any honorable mentions we want to throw in at the last minute Ooh. that didn't make our top three? One that I recommend for 
dads that aren't necessarily, I mean, it's great for my mom should read it too, but for dads who are on the fence, not sure if they want to you know, do this homeschooling thing and what's so wrong with the public school is Dumbing Us Down by John Taylor Gatto. Mm-hmm. Stellar and book. That one is education heavy, but it really confronts the issues that are facing traditional education models. And so if you've got a parent on the fence or even a grandparent who, what's so wrong with traditional school, that's a good one to really address those specific issues. Hmm. I would add to that for people on the fence, uh, Rethinking School by Susan Weisbauer. Susan Weisbauer, she's the author of the Story of the World series and then The Well-Trained Mind. Um, So she's a classical educator, but she really kind of examines public school and tries to give parents tools to work within the school system and then says, once you've tried all this, if it still is not working for you, here's here's how you can homeschool. So mm-hmm. she doesn't just fully advocate homeschool. It's one of many choices, but it, it gives tools to evaluate how your child is functioning within the public school system. And I was really impressed by that. Pam Barnhill does have a new book out, Heather, if you had since Heather had Pam Barnhill on her Ooh. list. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. book on morning time. It's like a coffee table size book. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's got lots of pictures in it. She wrote it with Heather Tully, who's a photographer and has beautiful photographs and kind of examines morning time from a bunch of different angles. It's meant to be like an inspirational book to sort of get your juices flowing. So maybe you actually need this one. Maybe you know? I do. I it's, think I it's do. It's called <laughs> Gather, Exploring the Wonder, Wisdom and Worship of Learning at Home. And I am biased. I did. I did work on this book. So gather is actually our family's word for the year. So I think ah, I need to get it. You need to get that one. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my other probably honorable mentions is the brave learner by Julie Bogart. Just a fun, inspiring, uplifting, lots of good pieces on imagination and capitalizing on creative freedom and things like that. I will add um, another Pam Barnhill which is plan your year. That was, uh, I found really useful in just at the beginning of the year when I'm sitting down and figuring what the year is going to look like and things like that. She has a lot of great forms in here, like to create a step-by-step plan and just um, practical ways to um, implement it. And it's just a really good provides action steps for planning out your year, which I really appreciate because I'm a planner. And another book I was just, I was scrolling through my list on Goodreads. I have a homeschool shelf. And so I was looking at the other homeschool books that I have read and another one by Julie Bogart. This was called A Gracious Space and it was winter. And I think she has one for each season. Yeah, she does. And daily reflections to sustain your homeschooling commitment. And that was another one. Winter was another one that I just read in the February, you know, January, February timeframe. And it's like a daily devotional type thing for homeschooling. And that was really good too. Really just encouraging. Now you made me want to pull mine out because I have those and <laughs> they are fantastic. Mm-hmm. ladies, as we end every episode, what is saving our homeschools? I will say saving my homeschools, or I think for me taking time for myself right now, since we're talking about books, I was just going to say just having my own quiet reading time, like things were a little crazy for us with sports schedules and everything else with schooling and just activities and stuff that I feel like I wasn't prioritizing my um, self enjoyment of reading. And so I would say 
I've been trying to prioritize that back and uh, just taking some time for myself to read for my enjoyment is uh, saving me and my homeschool right now. For me, um, it's actually my nine-year-old and some words that she said to me Mm. last week, she expressed, she said, I really want to end this year well and be in a good routine. And she doesn't like to get behind. And I don't always look at it as behind, like we're just doing it at the pace Mm -hmm. we are, but she wants to be keeping up with what she thinks she should be doing every day. And so she was really expressing some motivation and that was good motivation for me. For me, I had two work trips in a week, in in two weeks. So basically the end of each week I was traveling and I took each of my two, my two oldest kids along, uh, one on each trip and just getting some one-on-one time with them. Uh, They brought their schoolwork along because I was busy with some workshops and training and, and they got to, you know, work quietly in a new place and explore something new. So carving out those times to just be one-on-one, particularly with my kids who are teenagers leaping into teenage years. I know that we only have a few years left, so I want to take advantage of those. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Books. And if you have any suggestions for us to read, please don't hesitate to share them with us. We'd love to hear from you. You've been listening to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You can find links to all the books and resources we mention on the show at our website, therelatablehomeschoolers.com. We would love to hear your homeschooling questions. You can email us at therelatablehomeschoolers at gmail.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at The Relatable Homeschoolers. We'd love it if you leave a rating and review for us on iTunes. It only takes a minute and we'll ensure more homeschooling mamas get to hear our show. We'll be back with another episode soon. Until then, happy homeschooling schooling.